I couldn't help but notice your pain. My pain? It runs deep. Share it with me. Welcome back. Thank you for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy 12 Kyle and man, we got a special one here, man. We've been waiting to do this for a while. If you've been following the podcast, you know that I am a huge fan of the late great Tupac Shakur. Um had several podcasts talking about Tupac and talking about Biggie, uh broken down Tupac's albums. Um, talked about the classic albums that I think Tupac has produced um, and just have, you know, had several conversations about Tupac. And if you follow the podcast, you know that the last time that I talked about Tupac, we did a breakdown of the Machiavelli uh, Don Caluminati uh, album, which I think at the time it turned uh, 20 or 25 years. I can't remember. But anyway, I had my man Q, the sixth man, uh, on and we chopped it up in in detail about that album and I got the idea to talk about uh, just my thoughts and our thoughts on you know what things would be like if Tupac were still alive so what I did was I reached out to Q and I reached out to my man Manny uh, and I, I just simply sent, him a te- sent them a text I sent Q a text and the text said Hey, come up with 10 things that you think, you know, would have happened if Tupac were still alive. And then I sent Manny in Texas and said, hey, come up with 10 things that you think that would have happened if Biggie were still alive. And as a result, that is what this podcast is. So what this podcast is. So without further ado, I'm bringing my man back on Q to six, man. Q, what up, man? Yo, yo, yo. What's good? What's good, man? Great to be back. We here to discuss, you know what I mean. Our, you know, my goat, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's yours, but for sure, man, this is definitely a long time coming. I feel like we just like always meld with the minds when it comes mm-hmm. to Pac, man. There's a certain energy that happens, so I'm very excited for this. Oh no, man, no doubt. And and <clears throat> as I mentioned to you guys before, uh, you know. Q is much, much younger than me. <laughs> I just turned 50. Q just turned 26. So if you do the math, Q was in essence a baby when Pac was uh, alive, when he was last alive. Um, so, yeah. So do you remember me sending the text and do you still have that text? I do. Okay, 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 cool. So mm-hmm. you can read the text or whatever, however you want to do it. But um, I, I just, and we sat on this because... I wanted to wait before I did both of the podcasts because Manny and Manny, um, Manny and I recorded the podcast already. And uh, I said, well, you know what? I'm not going to release that podcast until I get Q on and scheduling thing. And I told you, you just like I told you, I said, man, don't worry about it. I said, we'll do it whatever we can. And uh, so now we're here to do it, man. Um, before we even jump into that, man, Tupac, mm-hmm. when you think of Pac, what what's 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 the first thing that comes to your mind when somebody mentions Tupac Shakur? 
for me, as a person who's been a community organizer mm-hmm. and a person who has traveled the country teaching about Black and African history, mm. um, Tupac Shakur is the last vestige of the Black Power movement within mainstream media in America. And the last actual mainstream pop culture figure who has a real through line connection to the Black Power movement, African liberation, all of that. So, and then on top of that, he just happens to be the most prolific, like iconograph. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when when it comes to the, the the tattoos, or comes to the the bandanas, or comes to the thug life, or you know what I mean? Just the bombastic nature of you know his interviews or Mm -hmm. the repetition of just continuing to put out work after work the you know the impact of what he's done with artists and their output of songs everyone does a thousand songs a day now that was unheard of when he was doing it you know so just the most iconic you know maybe not the best best lyricist to everybody maybe not the most thorough lyricist Mm -hmm. but that's what i think of yeah i'm with you man i think you're right. He he wasn't the best lyricist. I don't think anybody would would confuse that. But Tupac rapped with such passion. Um, I tell people all the time, like I think he's the most impactful rapper ever, and I don't think that there's a, even a close second. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, you know, untimely death is still being felt throughout hip-hop and then if you if you take a a tupac if you, if you take tupac and make him a tree there's so many branches that extend off of that tupac mm-hmm. tree and and th- that you can see even to today in today's hip-hop um and so like i said i came up with the idea of if tupac were still alive and what's funny was i said both you and manny in the text like i said you for tupac manny for biggie mm-hmm. and Manny was like, all right, bet, I got you. Just let me know when you want to record. You, on the other hand, wrote 10 things out in the text mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, Q, no, 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 no. I was like, no, just save it for the podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. And, and mm-hmm. they don't have to be in any particular order. What's one thing that you think uh, mm-hmm. would be happening if Tupac were still alive today? In 2022, because I because I wanted to like kind of revise it a little bit, so I okay, I, I, I went back and did for this year, and then if you wanted to just do immediately, like maybe 96, 97. However, um, however, it's, it's it's your show, bro. You got ten, so I'm I'm here for all. Let's of them. do it. I'm thinking. Let's start with if Vegas did not happen. Okay. Um, Nas was supposed to go to Vegas and mm. shoot and shoot the video for Street Dreams. Yes. And I believe Pac told Suge he wanted to do an album with Nas. Mm. I think they would have did an album. I think they would have squashed it. And I think that that would have set the entire tone for the next 15 years of what hip hop lyrics and what the actual imagery should have been. If you look at where Nas was going with It Was Written, if you look mm-hmm. at where, where Pac was going with Machiavelli, uh, towards the end of his life, he was making music that was much more spiritual, much more like grounded in like being human music you know he even mm-hmm. used, used used that type of terminology i think of like if i ruled the world from nas <laughs> and like all these type of symbols and all of this type of content coming together on the same side squashing the beef in brian park 
Mm-hmm. I think that we turn away from the puff, hove, money, cash, hoes, ain't the money, you know what I mean? All that stuff. Mm-hmm. That kind of falls by the wayside. And then the two conscious brothers, the more like, you know, liberation minded brothers, I believe that they become the two. And I, and I do think it's a deliberate thing that Nas was made to become a joke by places like Vibe Magazine and giving him, you know, putting him in shiny suits and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They kind of, you know, turned him into a little bit of what he was fighting against or at least, you know, started out uh, being against. And then Pac just, you know, being murdered uh, completely shook the entire landscape. So it did. if they were able to squash beef, that would have been, I think they would have dropped an incredible album. Man, that just the idea of that makes me, uh, it, it makes me smile, man. I mean, I, I agree a thousand percent. We know that Nas and Pac met up um, you know, prior to Pac being murdered. And we know that whatever beef that they had was squashed at that meeting. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see that happening. I mm-hmm. could definitely see that happening. And a Nas and Tupac album, bro. Man, listen, listen. <laughs> I don't even know who I want on that production. Like, I need everybody. Primo, Moby, like everybody got cut. Daz, I don't know. Somebody, it needs to be everybody on that. Everybody. Like, yeah, definitely Daz. Definitely yeah, Daz. Need that. Um, what, what about number two? What you got for me, number two, if Pac were still alive? Pac was still alive. Pac would be, I believe, where we hold Will Smith at in terms mm. of in terms of acting, in terms of film, in terms of just being, being a true thespian. People don't understand. Tupac, actually, when he was about 11 or 10 years old, he rewrote a Shakespearean sonnet in plain English. Hmm. He rewrote it because he went to perform our school, you know, the Baltimore school and everything with Jada and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Pac, Pac was, he was a prodigy. And that's where he actually learned about Machiavelli at it. And that's where he became Machiavelli. It wasn't just some newfound thing that he became towards the end of his life. He had always been, a, been really into the idea of the prince and Machiavelli. So if he were able to live, I know for a fact that uh, there are scripts that Pac had to come across his desk for Mace Windu in Star Wars. That was a mm-hmm. role for Pac. Wow. Ba- Baby Boy. That was a role for Pac. And then there was two more that I'm forgetting, but he had multiple roles that were given to other people. Even Fast and Furious was in like the uh, scripts were in circulation for years before the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, th- and these roles were all for Tupac in mind. So him becoming, you know, with gridlocked and gang related, all of those films, 97, 98, 99, I could have seen him becoming uh, an, an, an EGOT by 2005, probably. Could have mm. He could have won a Tony, could have got an Oscar, could have did something on TV. This man was multi-talented, so I definitely see his acting chops becoming greater. That's crazy. And you know what? You just made me think about something. Did Pac ever win a Grammy? I I, I I don't know that he did. No, did he? no, he did not. No, nope. <laughs> nope. crazy, right? I mean, it took. I mean, I mean, it took. It took Nas until what? King's Disease two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I forgot who I'm talking about. I'm talking you about know? the Grammys here. That mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the standard for for hip hop. But when you said EGOT, I just immediately thought about a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with you. I I think um, I was I was very impressed with Pac. One, I I loved him and Above the Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he got and and obviously juice, but when he got out of you know the the quote unquote stereotype uh acting and even in um 
poetic justice mm-hmm. you know you got a chance to see him outside of just being the rapper slash you know tough guy whatever the case may be man mm-hmm. um I, I definitely could have seen that i think that's and to be honest you went when Pac was murdered mm-hmm. that was one of the founding sentiments that people really thought that his career as crazy as it sounds because keep in mind folks who weren't around in 96 when he was murdered tupac was the biggest rap star period Mm -hmm. jay-z was out but he wasn't you know known like that um pac was bigger than biggie at the time Mm -hmm. and or just as big if you will um Mm -hmm. but it would be the equivalent of in 2022 2023 drake being murdered Mm -hmm. the equivalent so just think about it like that on that if if god forbid knock wood somebody Mm -hmm. murdered drake today as Mm -hmm. you're listening to this podcast so having that type of talent taken away and again the sentiment from a lot of people particularly those who memorialized him uh in his death a lot of people spoke of his acting chops and where they thought he was headed so um i definitely agree with you on that one uh what you got for me next I mean, let's stick to it, man. Like, you know, even on Machiavelli when he's going at Hove, I don't think Jay-Z's career is the exact same. <laughs> you too, you too small oh, to fuck you with me. Step, you about to step on some toes, Q. You too small to fuck with me. You and little Hawaiian Sophie fame niggas. Like, yo, bruh, come on. It's pop. Like, understand, like, what you just said is so true, where people don't understand. He's the biggest star on the face of the planet. Like, this dude. Tupac has murals. He has streets named after him from Palestine to Germany, mm. from from Angola to uh, to Marrakech. Like it, like it does not. People like stop talking to me about you know you know H to the Izzo. Don't talk to me about you know God's plan with Drake. Don't talk to me about all these other. You know I love hip hop and I love the contributions. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about people who moved the spirit of our people. There's only a couple of rappers who do that. Talk to them. You know what I mean? There are rappers that can make your body move and dance and girls dance and whatnot. Pac could do that too. And that's why it's so hard for me to look at it when people say, oh, well, Jay would have been him if Pac was still here because they're just too diametrically opposed in terms Mm -hmm. of, I think, their politics. I think they're diametrically opposed in what they do it for. Right. And I think that Pac had a much greater ear at the at the time. He had the masses ear. And hold, but how many copies you already know? He had how many copies did Reasonable Doubt sell first week? You know, compared like, to like 60 something, 60,000 maybe. Come on, that. man. Come on. And it's like compared to what? Six million records in six months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Pac, Pac got out of jail in 95 November. He was dead in September of 96. And that is the run that people Man, talk listen, about. Listen. And I think we talked about it uh, when you, when we did the Machiavelli review. Um, that's the thing that's mind-boggling even for me, someone who was alive and I was in college at the time. Like from uh, Pac making his debut on Digital Underground's same song to the time that he was killed in 19 in September of 1996, that wasn't a big window. I mean, relatively speaking, we're talking about maybe three and a half, almost four years, maybe mm-hmm. uh, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, relatively speaking, it wasn't a big window and it wasn't a big period of time. But when I tell you he was a star among stars, like it, it, it's, 
it's really hard for me to put into words like how big he was in a short period of time. And I'll be honest, Q, that time frame seemed a lot longer than what it really was. If you mm-hmm. told me, okay, yeah, Pac's reign was only four years. He was only in that spotlight for four years. I'd have told you it was crazy because it seemed like it was 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we hung on every word of every song. We saw all the movies. We bought all the tapes. I man, I <laughs> I bought Thug Life. And I'll be honest, that Thug Life album really wasn't that good, but I bought it on the strength of pop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because those are his boys. I mean, the Outlaws albums, you know, you bought because of of the affiliation to him and and I thought the outlet they were okay. They weren't, you know, they, they weren't great MCs or anything like that, but mm-hmm. they were his boys and he put them on. Mm-hmm. Um to your point about Jay-Z, I agree. I think and 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 it's funny because and the folks will hear uh manny's episode uh, after this episode um manny said something similar uh i think Pac, excuse me i think jay-z definitely through no fault of his own benefited mm-hmm. from biggie's death and Pac's death i mean it, it is what it is it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out jay-z mm-hmm. happened to collaborate with biggie and he was friends with biggie but you know, reasonable doubt comes out June of '96. Pac gets murdered September of '96. Mm-hmm. Biggie gets murdered March of '97. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Z starts subsequently working on uh, the second album, um, mm-hmm. and by quote unquote industry standards, based on Jay Z's talent, reasonable doubt did not sell based on Jay Z's talent. If you told me that you had this super duper you know, crazy MC with all of this talent, one of the best MCs we've ever seen, and his album sells less than a hundred thousand in a year time, then you know, in most situations, I'll put it like this, Q. If if Jay-Z wasn't a Rockefeller, if he was on a regular regular record label, he might have gotten dropped. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I said all that to say this. There's definitely some um this this I, I can't say that you're wrong. And just like I told Manny, I I couldn't say that he was wrong either to say that jay-z benefited from you know their deaths again through no fault of his own but Mm -hmm. we're just being honest Mm -hmm. based on the time frame and you look at the timeline he he clearly did he he was able to fill a void that -hmm. was no longer there by the presence of uh pac and biggie and and pac more so than biggie because at least he was cool with biggie Mm -hmm. you know we don't know that he had beef with Pac, but we know Pac ain't like him. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 What you what you got for me at four? I think that he would have squashed the beef with Biggie at a certain mm. point. I don't know if it would have happened in the nineties. I'm pretty sure that around ninety six, if you listen to Against All Odds, he was really going at Jimmy Hinchman, really going mm-hmm. at Haitian Jack and mm-hmm. Puff. It kind of went away. He kind of went away from Biggie because I think he realized that Biggie was just kind of a you know, for lack of a better term, God bless the dead, like clueless in the whole like situation. Mm-hmm. But when he t- when he tells Puff, you and I know what's going on. I think he understands exactly like who his enemies were. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it might have been damn near 2020 before they squashed the beef. But like, it's <laughs> fine. Old. You know, it, you know what I mean? I, I can right. just see Biggie like, man, you can't just say you did this to my girl and think that's right, going to be right, cool in 1999, right. bro. Nah, bro. You know, I could see that. Um, you know, this hopefully, hopefully in, 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 in the afterlife, these, these brothers are squashed and realize that they were just so young. Mm -hmm. And and, and again, you, you're right. They both were, I mean, 24, 25, like kids, kids. And, And here's the crazy thing is cute. Like 
they weren't that much older than me. I mean, I think they might have been older than me by like a year. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Big and Pac were still alive, they would literally be 50, 51 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about how they would have been, but I, man, that that would have been dope. I, and I, I'll, I'll take some, I'll take a little bit from you. I think. I think if Pac and Big had lived, I think they probably would have squashed the beef probably sooner than that. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole faith thing, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know that anybody knows. I think the only thing that I know is that Faith did go record a song and there was someone there that took a picture of them together. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is before social media, so we don't know. I mean, it wasn't like Pac had sent out a tweet saying, yo, I'm about to go knock this down. Mm-hmm. And so I think even it, at, at best, she was somewhere in a studio in L.A. or somewhere with Pac. And Pac just kind of made it look like, okay, well, you know, mm-hmm. let them believe what they want to believe. And then he mm-hmm. kind of just kind of threw it out there. But even that, even in doing that, that, you know, you're playing as a man, you're playing a dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Um but that being said, man, I, I agree with you. I, I think they would have eventually stopped uh, stopped beefing, and I think, I think they because they, for for what we know, Pac and Big were friends, like mm-hmm. not just people that know each other. Like they were friends. Mm-hmm. I, I would go out on a limb and say I I think Pac and Biggie were more friends than Pac. I'm mean, excuse me than Big and Jay Z were, based on what we know, and mm-hmm. we don't know a lot, and you know not a lot that's documented about it but just a little of we know from those who told the stories mm-hmm. um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you on that i'm with you on that what, what you got at five you would have left death row mm. you would have left death row <laughs> you would have left death row we would have started machiavelli records he was already doing it mm. and not, number one that's why that's why i think he was killed i i do mm. not i do not believe and if people want to corroborate information i i, I brought this book up in the uh in the last uh, episode mm-hmm. we did, mm-hmm. but it is called "The FBI War on Tupac Shakur" by John Potash. You know what I mean? And I, it's a very short read with court documents, with actual FBI files. Tupac has an FBI file that you can look at on Google. Yes. Yes. It's uh, it's under the Freedom of Information Act, mm-hmm. and there's just way too many missing pieces, way too many fishy details. So there's a lot of money he was owed. He was owed about $60 million from his contract in Death Row, and he was only getting about $3 million. Mm. Plus, Pac was under a lot of repression from the court system, so he had to pay a lot of fees. And, you know, it's always so funny how we get these, in my opinion, counterinsurgent narratives about Tupac. If they okay. just want to paint him to be like he was just this violent, wannabe, misguided, gangbanging thug who got caught up in the wrong situation because he was so rage-driven. Mm-hmm. When I, I I don't see that narrative at all, I see somebody who could not leave the state without court permission. Yes, I see somebody who was in the studio twenty four seven making all these songs, going from the studio to movie sets and back. But yet and still, there's this narrative that Tupac was running around L.A. with with Bloods and Crips, just doing whatever he wanted to right. do. How I, I I I don't know how a man can have that much time in the day to go record five hundred <laughs> songs, then go record three three movies. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then go to court and then be a gangbanger and wanna be like that. It, it's all a narrative, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. when you look at where his money was going, I don't think Suge had much control over Death Row because Suge was not the true owner of Death Row. Mm-hmm. That was Harry O, and that was um. 
David Kenner, the David lawyer. Kenner, yeah, yep, yep. David they Kenner. owned Death Row. Mm-hmm. Suge was just Suge was like Puff. He's just the he, he's just the face. The, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. He's the figurehead. He's like a president, a real president, actually. And when you see that Pac was suing for his money, and he was and he fires David Kenner, and then a couple of days later, David Kenner um, says you shouldn't do this. And a couple of days later, after that, he's he's dead. Mm-hmm. Nobody in his security team has their walkie-talkies on them. Mm-hmm. The head, of, the head of Death Row Security says, "Don't carry your guns in Vegas." Mm-hmm. It makes it just a lot of it is fishy, and a lot of it does, does not make any sense. And if you understand economics, if you understand the the Michael Jackson theory, the Prince theory, they will come get you if you try to get your money. Mm. And, and I do believe that he was trying to leave Death Row and he should have left Death Row. And he even told his lawyer at the time while he was in uh, Clinton Correctional, mm-hmm. uh, Watai Taihemba, uh, who was actually in, in the Black Panthers. He was he was actually a part of the movement. He told Pac, he said, if you sign with these people, I know you're trying to get out, but you're selling your soul to the devil if you do it. And he's mm. like, and he's and he's like, I know I have to do this, but this is the only play I got. If I don't, I'm a rotten here. He damn sure would have. And that's <laughs> what he had to do. So, in my opinion, Pac would have left Death Row. He would have got his money. Machiavelli Records was already being started with Afeni Shakur and Yasmin Fula. Yasmin Fula was Yaki Gaddafi's mother. Yaki Gaddafi's uh, father is Sekou Odinga. Okay. And Yaki Gaddafi gave a statement to the police saying that Orlando Anderson was not the shooter. And then a couple months later, Yaki is mysteriously killed before he's wow. able to, to, to testify. There's so much shit about Tupac Shakur's legacy that is stuffed down behind Vibe Magazine bullshit Bruh. that people don't even know. Man, listen, you, you just said a mouthful right there. Um, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I, I definitely you think he was leaving death row um if if you were around or outside at that particular time you know that when um when suge got Pac out of jail or let me let me go back and the record label got Pac mm-hmm. out of jail mm-hmm. um Pac, you know basically committed to uh i think it was three or four albums three to, albums yeah okay three album deal and you know that's why we get all of this um you know posthumous music from Pac because he was like Q mentioned a little earlier. He was working so hard. He was doing five, six, five or six songs a day. He basically was trying to work off that debt because what he wanted to do was put those albums out so that he could indeed break free from death row. So at the time that he was murdered, he was definitely trying to get off death row. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the, um, you know, the, the, the FBI file that you mentioned when we did the Machiavelli review. Man, I'm gonna be honest, Q. Not long after we did that, I went and looked at that file. Mm-hmm. Man, I couldn't. I looked at it for about 20 minutes. And I had to stop because it hurt. It's sick. It as a fan, it hurt because in 1996 we don't have access to the, all of the information that we have now. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting whatever. I, and I, I talked about it in the podcast. It's worth repeating. Mm-hmm. When Pac got shot, we just knew that he got shot. Mm-hmm. There was no TMZ. There was no nothing. And he got shot. We didn't know how severe it was. We saw the bullet. We saw the pictures. We mm-hmm. eventually saw that. And allegedly, Suge had gotten hit, which, you know, but he didn't have any type of hospital. Because mm-hmm. the word was, oh, Suge got shot in the head. And I think they said it was a bullet fragment, but that came out later. Mm-hmm. So it was, but he never had to, you know, be admitted to the hospital. 
And then like days later, everything passed and people said, well, oh yeah, he's getting better. And, you know, we got rumors that Pac was actually talking to people. I don't know that Pac ever gained consciousness after being mm -hmm. shot. Mm -hmm. But, and then that Friday rolls around, Friday, September the 13th. I'll never forget it. And they said he's dead. And I'm like, what do you mean he's dead? Like, mm -hmm. that can't be because from the time we, there was so little information disseminated to us. And maybe, I mean, part of it is because of the times, but also because maybe they didn't want us to know. Mm. Um and so, like I said, Q, I started reading that file, man, and I just I, I had to stop because it just hurt as a fan mm -hmm. because we felt cheated. We didn't at that time. You didn't lose your rap heroes. You just mm -hmm. didn't. We, mm -hmm. and, you know, now unfortunately we're in hip hop. We're kind of accustomed to, you know, this one overdosing or that one being murdered, and that's mm -hmm. it's sad. But that's where we are because that's where we are as a society. But mm -hmm. you know, you didn't lose so what i'm saying that to say this when we heard that pot got shot we was like oh okay because oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know it was like that that wasn't the first time we had heard that Pac was ever shot so we mm -hmm. thought he he was gonna bounce back even biggie said that you know biggie said well hey i i heard he got shot and i was like again like you know he's gonna bounce back do some records about it and he mm -hmm. was he said that in a jokey manner but i i mm -hmm. get what he was saying because like we nobody when we got the news that he was shot nobody thought that he was gonna die Mm -hmm. nobody mm -hmm. because and Pac was a strong dude too first and foremost don't get it twisted um but i said all that to say this i think i think you're dead on i i don't there's nothing in me that thinks that Pac was going to stick around at death row to help suge do anything mm -hmm. um Pac had one foot in and one foot out he and based on the the music that we got after he passed i think we can all see that you know he he was his time of death row was going to be limited and mm -hmm. he was moving on to something else and mm -hmm. um you know I, I think the thing that i always talk about when i talk about Pac is feeling cheated I, I think that's part of feeling cheated where i where i come in at is because i just wanted to see what that other side would have sounded like what what's the post death row Pac sound like yeah exactly you know and to build on that before we get to the next one mm -hmm. it's just i think that same feeling is the same feeling that like 18 year olds, 19 year olds, or even grown men in Harlem, New York felt 1965 mm. when it's like Malcolm is gone. Wait, yeah. nah, no, 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 this can't be because it's, it's, it's the feeling of this is a living personification of our black manhood right now. Mm -hmm. And you can't take this from us right now. Right. Like I need this right now. When you have youth who are looking at their big brothers, like when you have people following Malcolm and, and listening to his speeches, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Pac's cadence when he raps, like I always go back to Shock G when he talks about Biggie, like it's the P.O.P. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? P.O.P. Mm -hmm. P.O.P. You know what I mean? It's all about the trumpet of like the trumpeteer he says, like, you know, that's how Biggie flows. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. Pac is Pac is the orator. You know, Pac is like a Farrakhan. Pac is like a Malcolm where, you know what I'm saying? Penitentiary chances. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yes. it's like, it's like he's stretching the words and you gotta feel it. Mm -hmm. And it's he in that same, it. it's in that same genealogy of oration, yo, of like a Malcolm when he's like, Who taught you to hate yourself? Right? <laughs> when it's like when when Pac come out and say, You got to keep your head up, like nigga, what? Yeah. Like this is that same feeling. So it's it's so much deeper than rap for me. 
I'm not just a Tupac fan. I'm a I've ta- I've I taught students about Tupac. I'm a Pac historian. I'm a mm. Shakur historian. Like I know about his whole family, his whole family tree. It's it's so deep because it makes him who he is when he's talking mm-hmm. about when he's talking about you when he says utilize lessons learned from my childhood years, he's talking about those lessons that the youth in the 60s were getting. Mm-hmm. So when we are robbed of that, bro, that shit hurts forever because we're Ever. not getting it back. Ever, you know, and and, and trust me, they don't. They didn't make a lot of Tupacs. Man, listen, <laughs> listen. They didn't. You know, they they don't make a lot of Tupacs. Listen, that, that mold was cut and thrown away. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Trust Absolutely. me. What, what you got for number six? Um, probably. You know, I want to paint a picture of people. Like, imagine, like, probably late. Late '90s, early 2000s, I, I, I feel like Pac would have started his own clothing line. Okay, I, I really feel like this, you know, the whole Sean John, Rock of Wear, like that whole, you know, um, Fat Farm. Every mm. rapper, every, every rapper was getting a clothing line. You mean to tell me Pac, the biggest rapper, wouldn't have had the hottest line? Like he, he would at least had a do rag or bandana line or something, dude. <laughs> Everybody would have been rocking it. You know what I mean? Kanye had people wearing them weird sneakers and those weird glasses. <laughs> So it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then them space boots everybody got on and shit. Come on now. Man, so, listen, definitely. I, no, no knock on those of you who have Yeezys. I Q, I never saw the beauty in them, man. Man. It just I just I just and it, aside from the fact that they cost like two grand for some sneakers mm-hmm. that you know look like they're about to fall off your feet. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that man, you, you cracked me up with that one. Now I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I think uh I think he definitely would have delved into the, into the fashion because at that particular time, like you said, almost everybody was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wu Tang had their clothing line. Um, Biggie actually had a he started a, a line called Brooklyn Mint just before he got killed. I had a couple of Brooklyn Mint shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, Run DMC had Walkerwear. Uh, almost every and 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 again, folks, what I want you guys to understand is that Pac's last two years, ninety five, ninety six. This was the thing, like as you were moving up and you were able to sell to mainstream, mm-hmm. um, you could keep it street and still sell to mainstream. And Pac was the epitome of that. And mm-hmm. given the fact that he was a high visibility superstar, I mean, again, he's not only doing music, but he's also doing movies. That's the thing that Pac had up on a lot of people mm-hmm. because for as popular as Puff was, for as popular as Biggie was, was popular as Jay-Z was, you know, subsequently, even Nas. Mm-hmm. They didn't have movie deals. By mm-hmm. the time, and, and again, if we say Pac's window is, you know, four years, look at them. You don't just, <laughs> you don't go mm-hmm. from being a backup dancer to a rapper to a movie star. Right. And that happens so fast. So, like, when people talk about, you know, Tupac and his detractors, I'll put it like that. I always stand on the fact that Pac was doing things on the big screen when nobody else could get on the screen. Mm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Because even as, if you think about it like this, Q, you mentioned Will Smith a little earlier. Even mm-hmm. at that time, Will Smith had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on TV. Mm-hmm. Was he... Was independent? I don't know. I I'd have to look it up and see if Independence Day had been. I, okay, maybe Will Smith. That, but outside of Will Smith, that probably there was no other rap star that was that big on a movie screen. Not even Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe mm-hmm. Q might be a close second, but that's you know. But nobody else was touching Pac. But his his mm-hmm. his contemporaries in Puff and Big, um, they weren't doing movies. Biggie was on Martin. That's about as far as far as he could go. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. He would have definitely done a clothing line. Uh, what you got for uh, what you got for eight? The community centers, man. He was already in the uh, he was already on the path to doing it. I think he already had open one mm-hmm. uh, down in L.A. And he was actually going to use Death Row. And I feel like Death Row was a strategic move, like he always told people. It's, it's so funny how we allow, you know, today's, like, rappers or we allow, like, old heads who are not even around Pac to, mm-hmm. like, say things about him that he clearly states in interviews. And that's why, you know, as a people, we have to get off the anti-intellectualism. We yeah. have to stop speaking without investigation and we have to we we should learn to clarify our statements with I'm unaware if this was said, but in my mm. opinion, that can save a lot. That can, yes. that can save a lot of people <laughs> embarrassment. I'm not aware if this was said, but I think, okay, cool. Instead of man, Pac was blah, blah. stop, dude. Mm. Pac opened the community center. He was also gonna use that community center to do something for all the kids where um, it was a part of the Joshua's Dream program okay. where uh, one of his uh, fans had died and he brought him to a basketball game and whatnot. But he talked to MC Hammer and said, yo, I want to use this moment and make something good out of it. I want to do something where the kids around the L.A. area, we put on death row concerts for him and whatnot. All clean lyrics. Mm-hmm. We, we bring food. The parents can come. It's all We do it at the end of every month at the community centers. And where, where, so wherever we can rent out space at. And what we're going to do is all the kids got to bring their report cards. All they got to do is make a C plus average and they can get in for free. The parents, everybody can shake hands. It's all mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Something like that. A rapper today would be completely either discouraged by their management because, oh, you can't be around black people because that's not good. Or they don't like that type of branding of right. I'm here for my community. Right man facts thousand mm-hmm. facts yeah you're right I, I think um his his involvement with community uh centers i think would have been dope because one of his background you know he, he came from you know Phoenix Shakur uh mm-hmm. and who was a panther and you know the lessons that he talked about in that song and the lessons that he talked about uh anytime you would interview him you know he talked about just a sense of community and he talked about us like you a lot of times you get people that talk about us as a community that really have no identity to the community Mm -hmm. but Pac genuinely wanted to see us as a community as the black community come up Mm -hmm. and he was there to identify you know the struggles he was there to identify uh what went wrong and he's also there as a beam of light of hope for what he envisioned for us to be and you know not to compare him and jay-z but i mean like from a from that community communal standpoint you knew where pox stood Mm -hmm. somebody like jay-z you don't know where he stands Mm -hmm. you know from that from that perspective you don't and and Mm -hmm. again that's no knock on jay-z because that's never been his bag per se but if Pac had been alive, we would have seen that come to fruition. Um, I mean, just in abundance. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know any other way to say it. I, I think he would have 
he would have definitely led the charge there. Um, what you got for number nine? So I've been dealing with specifics the last couple ones, just mm-hmm. using his words. But um, everyone loves this album. I, I know it's your favorite one from him. Mm-hmm. But after Machiavelli, he was going to make Me Against the World Part 2. Um, you know, it was probably going to be titled Until the End of Time. And that is what came out posthumously. But I hated the production that they did to Pac's uh, songs after Machiavelli when they did the posthumous ones. Because, yes. look, man, all the Eminem beats and just <laughs> like, dude, what like what of the 50 Cent features? No disrespect. But right, it's like, right, right. Dude. That's too. He you don't need to put anything modern to Pac, and a lot of mm-hmm. people don't know. But if you go look at Johnny J's original versions of T- Tupac's music, Pac's samples were very much so like Five Stair Steps, like very much so the Four Tops. It was very mm-hmm. much so Marvin Gaye, very much so Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder samples because he grew up in a household with Afeni and Matulu, where they were listening to that music because that was the music of what the organizers of the 60s were listening to earth wind and fire all that stuff was you know amazing so of course that was you know present in his music you can look at it for never call you to be word again mm-hmm. you you could you could you can that's um that's who is that cameo or total it's like it's like it's like one of those uh two uh groups that, that, that was on that one and it's just like all of his original versions have been kind of hidden and they give us only all eyes on me is like that they want that to just be his legacy. And it's like, dog, right. he has so much more. So me against the world would have been, I think, epic for the times. And I think that he probably would have made that in, into a series. Man, listen, I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent on that. I think, um, I'm a, I'm much like you. I'm not a fan. And I think I talked about it on, on that episode. I'm not a fan of the posthumous albums. I think the last I bought Machiavelli to Don. I bought the double CD. Are you still down? Yeah, are you still down? That shit was good. And oh yeah, it still bangs to this day. Mm-hmm. Q, I was done after that. Yeah. I, I could not bring and and I think at the time, um, there was a battle going on between Afeni Shakur, who was still alive at the time, and Suge Knight and Death Row as to where the money was going to be going. And I was like, look. There's no way that I'm going to buy a posthumous album if you can't tell me for sure that Afeni Shakur is not going to get money from this. If she wasn't going to get any money for it, I wasn't interested in buying it because at the time I wasn't I wasn't sold on Suge anymore. Death Row had come apart. Snoop was gone. Dre was gone. And I'm like, I'm not about to contribute to uh, Suge Knight and him hustling over a dead Tupac and a, a fully alive Afeni Shakur. Mm-hmm. And so there was, I, and to be honest with you, I don't even know if memory serving is correct. I don't know that, I know that they resolved it, but that alone was enough for me to say, you know what, I'm not buying any Tupac albums. And I remember albums would come out and come out and people, man, you heard a new Pac, man, the Pac is going off. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. I was like, I mm-hmm. can't do it. They they wouldn't tell me who was, where the money was going. I wasn't about to contribute to it. And I, I felt like Afeni Shakur gave us everything and she gave up she lost her son in the process mm, and mm-hmm. you know none of us no matter how many accolades we give tupac that lady lost her son her own that, was that her only child uh no she has a she had a daughter as well okay Ooh, okay yeah so she, she at the very least she gave up her only son mm-hmm. and you know as a parent i don't ever want to know what that feels like 
and to lose him so violently and so suddenly is particularly where he was in life no nah, I, I wasn't having it so mm-hmm. um i stayed away from the posthumous albums mm-hmm. i would have loved to have seen where he was musically uh had he lived because mm-hmm. if he's away from death row and he's getting older i think you got an you you have a different sounding tupac i think mm-hmm. you have a tupac who is you know much like how we've seen you know for better or for worse how we've seen hove mm-hmm. we will we would have watched tupac get old and watch mm-hmm. him become an elder statesman in hip-hop mm-hmm. um and who knows where that would have taken him he could have been where jay-z is he could have been where krs1 is i don't mm-hmm. know but i mm-hmm. would have loved to have seen it happen and mm-hmm. um you know that's again that's a part of the sad part of him not being here but um mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm with you i'm with you a thousand percent um for the last one what you got the last one is more of all encompassing but i think tupac would have utilized technology like mm. we've never seen before Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if the man started tech company or something. I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if the man had multiple apps for artists or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, the ideas that he was doing with even someone like, quote unquote, uh, I'm sorry, a.k.a. Monster Cody, mm-hmm. uh, Sanyika Shakur, you know, his his ideas of, you know, Pac calling him and you can actually listen to these listen to this phone call online if you type in tupac san yika shakur uh phone call they talk about yo let's get me you a bunch of rappers let's go around the country and let's go regulate the drug dealers to give the blocks back to the kid between mm. 6 and 11 p.m you know what i mean like just let the kids have that time and then y'all can have the streets back between 11 p.m and, and like 6 p.m you know what i mean like just have it like you know what i mean we want to have a community again we want to have like a program for our kids we want to have like sports teams you see snoop take these ideas all mm-hmm. these ideas have so in, in my opinion do can y'all imagine tupac on instagram live like <laughs> dude like that is insane like that is actually like what tupac on like tupac making a tiktok oh my mm-hmm. god you know what i mean that's crazy that is great it's funny to think of it. tupac on twitter clapping back come oh, on man and jay another thing jay about that shit you said like <laughs> yo let me ask you something man we both know Pac to be um i'm not even gonna say political he he just spoke the truth and i mean like you know i'm i'm very cautious about putting no type of labels on people because you know sometimes you can put those labels on people mm-hmm. uh just because so that the other side can take it and run with it mm-hmm. um but as far as the politics as you know democrats republicans mm-hmm. do you if Pac were alive could you see him being somewhere in the middle could you see him saying hey forget politics altogether could you see him siding with uh obama could you see him calling mm-hmm. out the clintons mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i i, I I'm pretty sure Pac wouldn't have liked Trump. <laughs> mm. where, where do you think Pac would have stood in the political landscape that mm-hmm. we've seen over the last, let's say, mm-hmm. 20 years? Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's such an amazing question because the politics of Tupac Shakur, they have the ability to go multiple routes right. if he's if he's if if he's left unabated, right? If he's mm-hmm. if he's left to allow himself to 
create his record label, do his movies, start his, he probably would have started his own film company, right? And what if what would have this have done to his connection to community, right? Mm-hmm. Would it would it have drove drove him closer to us, or would it have drove him further from us? Because money does change your psychology Perhaps. of how you view people. Mm-hmm. But part of me feels as though the women that he had around him, the powerful Panther spirit of the women around him, it would have kept him grounded. I want to believe that truly in my heart that okay. it, it would have kept him grounded in a place where he would have been more of an independent. And I feel like. Even in that conversation with Sanyika, he speaks about this where he's like, look, we can register people for Democrats, Republicans, independent. It doesn't matter as long as we have a, a role of people within our community. That's that that we can look at and say, OK, this is power because we know where everyone's at and we can organize them. So if he's talking about I think it was in the last interview, you can type it in on YouTube as well. It's called Tupac, the last interview mm-hmm. where he's where he's like, I promise you. In 20 years, if God give give me breath, I'm going to be so far from this. We will have our own political party for all the lost tribes, the blacks, Mm -hmm. Latinos, the Armenians, whoever it is. Everybody, we will have our own party. So if he's saying that, if he's stuck true to that, that is independence. And that is scary for the power structure because you have the ability to create your own capital, create your own money, your own cooperative economics. And you got the teachings of people who are connected to Matulu, Geronimo. It's a real issue that they had to deal with. And people don't want to deal with that. So that's one world. Mm-hmm. There's another. There's also another possibility where, and this is where black, as black folk, as African people, we have to be true to ourselves and true to what we have done and what we have not done. And oftentimes, we do leave our leaders out there to dry. Mm. And then they do get bitter and they do right. say, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And they do say, you know what? I'm going to just go take a bag with, with the Democrats. I'm going to mm-hmm. just go. I, I, you know what? I tried. I'm going to go get, give me a bag with the Republicans. Or, I, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I'm done with all this. I'm only about my money. Y'all leave me alone. And I feel like Pac had been betrayed so much by people around him that it really would have been contingent on us that would we would we have protected him? Mm-hmm. Would we have surrounded him and say, no, this is our guy. Like he he put on for us. We're not gonna let y'all uh, take him down again. We're not gonna let y'all, you know what I'm saying, put him in jail again. Cause this is our brother. But if we left him out the dry, like I believe we did Malcolm and like I did, like I believe we did King. Mm-hmm. Cause if you look at Dr. King's approval ratings within the black community towards the end of his life, when he was going Speak against Lyndon it. Johnson, when he, when he was going against the Vietnam War, a lot of our professional class Negroes did not like him. And a lot of them turned their back on Dr. King. He was in the wilderness. Mm. And then when it was finally time for him to, you know, go to the North and go to the West to advocate for free housing, to advocate for the actual subsidized foods and subsidized medicine for all of us. They got him up out of there, and all we could do was make him a holiday. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a hard time doing that. <laughs> <laughs> took, it took like six times. Yeah, they they, they fought us tooth and nail on getting mm-hmm. that done. Mm-hmm. Man, you 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 made some great points, man. I I, I really, I would have loved to have seen that happen because I don't necessarily know. I I know. I mean, we know how he felt about Bush. Yeah. Um, he would have felt the same about his son. Um, I think I Pac would have called Clinton out. Oh, yeah. He would have called Clinton on his mm-hmm. shit. Um, he would have he would have created 
a process of thought for us as a people to say, no, you don't have to run to the Democratic Party. Mm. You, you you don't have to run to the Republican Party because mm-hmm. they ain't gonna take you. And if they take you, they're gonna take your money and just tell you to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would have he would have supported Obama publicly mm-hmm. and privately, but I think he also would have held he would have done a better job than we did collectively mm. at holding Obama's feet to the fire for us. Now, granted, I, and I, I've said this before on other podcasts, I'll say it again, I voted for him twice. I understand what he was facing, but I think in a lot of ways, um, it symbolized where we are, where we've been for the last 60, 80 years is that we'll vote somebody in and that's all we'll do. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't hold their feet to the fire for the things that they mm-hmm. promised that they would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and you know, not to get on a, on the political t- tangent, Cuba, that's been my mm-hmm. struggle and my, my voice for the last 10, 15 years is that, um, is that I think we have, we have to do that. No, regardless, regardless of how you vote, you know, mm-hmm. if you so choose to vote. And the thing is, I think is that we've gotten to a point where people get so disenfranchised that they don't even want to vote because mm. they're like, I'm not about to vote for the lesser of two evils. And then if I do do that, I can't even hold this guy's feet or this woman's feet to the fire because they're not going to do what it is because they, they don't have my best interests at heart. Um, but anyway, like I said, I man, I you, you know me and I, I start talking to you. I, I, you know, that's real. That's real. That's real. <laughs> we, we'll go real deep into politics. That's but real. um, I, I would have loved to have seen Pac create a, mm-hmm. a political party or at least help establish the grassroots of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of I think would be founded on the principles of the Panther Party that was mm-hmm. established in the fifties and sixties for us mm-hmm. as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, that type of movement, bruh. It's going to shake some people up because Mm -hmm. that type of movement, if you get enough people and and, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that a superstar like Tupac wouldn't have been able to get enough people, that type of that type of movement shapes elections. Mm -hmm. It transcends what the political landscape looks like. Mm -hmm. And then maybe just maybe some of the things that we as a people have been asking for and asking for are now our demands are being met. Mm -hmm. Now money is is flowing into our communities Mm -hmm. now our voices are being heard mm-hmm. instead of just being taken advantage for the vote. You know, they mm-hmm. come and shake hands, you know, just to get your vote or whatever like that or, or pop up when it's election time. Maybe, um, maybe eat some KFC with you and shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on now. And have some hot, hot sauce in your purse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, man, I, 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 um, I thought of that question, uh, you know, just in, thinking about you and thinking about the conversations we've had both on here and offline, mm-hmm. um, just where he, where he would be, man. It, 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 it feels good to go back. And, and I, I think this has been a great conversation as to where Pac, you know, we think he would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, like I said before, it still, it still stings a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I'm 50. Pac would have been, I think turning 51 this year, 52, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it still stings a little bit because it's, he, he it's the homie, been... man. It's yeah. the homie, like yo, like I, I, I know it's the it's it's the feeling of I'm making memories, but my dog should be here to see this right, shit. right. Like, damn, what 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 would my dog say if 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 he saw this? You know what I mean? Like, man, mm-hmm. I want, I really wonder what he would say if he did this. You know, Our honorable mention to add into my top ten. Go ahead, go ahead. Death Row East. 
Come on now. Death Row East. <laughs> Death Row East. Eric B for president for real. Come on. Because if you understand Pac with what he was trying to do, I think Pac was trying to take over from Puff. He was trying to take Puff's whole territory because Pac was mm-hmm. from New York. Mm-hmm. And he went to Bryant Park, went to SNL, and he was on the interviews talking about, I went to New York. I was good. They can't come out here. They have to get permission to come out here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like the lines are drawn and people are uncomfortable because I made it that way. And mm. that's what, and, and, and the fact that he's said that so loudly, but if you look at his strategy in the interview, the, in the last interview, he's like, dude, we got Melly Mel, we got Eric B, we got Christopher Williams, all, all the old 80s, 90s cats, and we're going to put them on death row east and we're going to get all the young New York talents, uh, Onyx, all them dudes is going to sign mm-hmm. up to us. That could have shifted everything. 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 And 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 it 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 makes you think. Even mm-hmm. for those who may be listening and say, "Well, I don't know if, if you know if the government set him up." It, it makes you think. Even to your point, Q, your your personal opinion about him being mm-hmm. you know framed. The one thing I, I do know, just to even piggyback on that, is mm-hmm. that, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. We do know for a fact on the nights that both Biggie and Pop were murdered, mm-hmm. they were being trailed by the FBI. Yes. And the thing that makes all of this really sad is that we don't know who really killed Tupac. Mm-hmm. We don't really know who killed Biggie. And they could be walking in plain view mm-hmm. as we speak. I mean, we think it might be Orlando Anderson, or at least that's what we've been told. Mm-hmm. But because of the time and the lack of technology and, you know, the, the sheer nonchalant of somebody of a black man being crowded you know killed on a crowded vegas strip mm-hmm. you know it they they let a lot of stuff slide i'll just put it like that um exactly kyle but, they got footage of jfk getting shot they, they ain't got footage of tupac getting shot like people need to stop playing with me like, not only do they have footage of jfk getting shot we got different angles of yeah, getting like, shot. come on now and then they they, they don't have images of tupac shakur in vegas in vegas of all places and no and no one ever questions how like or they have just three seconds of orlando anderson just sitting right there just that that's that's the only footage we ever see in the lobby is him standing right there we don't have the image of Pac hitting him and we so we have the jumping nothing nothing we have we have absolutely what we were told was that a fight broke out and then Mm -hmm. orlando anderson retaliated Mm -hmm. and he came up he came up on him on the strip and Mm -hmm. you know shot i i don't know i mean Mm -hmm. if if the if tupac gets shot in 2022 or 2023 as opposed to 1996, it's a different story. Yeah. You know, now whether or not he lives or not, we don't know. But I mean, as far as like the 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 surveil, I mean, there'd be surveillance cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. We we would have answers, and unfortunately, we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this this has been dope, man. This has been a great exercise. Like I said, I when I came up with the idea, mm-hmm. I couldn't think of anybody else that I would want to do it with <laughs> besides this brother right here because you guys know um, he's been on here before, man. But he. And, and here's the thing. I'll, I'll let you guys in a little secret that I, some of you already know. He's only 26. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a real person, but he's only 26, man. But, I mean, a huge fan. And, um, I mean, I, I knew I had to get Q on here. I told Q. I was like, we'll put this podcast out whenever. And it, what's funny is that this is coming out in January. And I recorded the episode in, with Manny in July. So that means... I asked both Q and Manny <laughs> in July of 2022 to do this podcast. And, you know, 
it's just like you know old school uh hip-hop you know you say okay we're gonna go in and record and you you we're gonna do the record together we just don't get around to doing the record but eventually you know the record gets done we're gonna cut the record <laughs> we, we gonna cut it either way so um yeah. but before we get out of here q man tell folks where they can hear you where they can find you any any information you want to put out uh go ahead and do that right now yes sir you can follow me on instagram at q dot t u f l u v q dot t u f l u v tough love that's my uh hip-hop you know what i'm saying moniker q is my you know name that everybody knows me by so it's always love, and I want to send a shout out to Kyle for bringing me on. My OG always dropping game on y'all, and I want to send a happy new year to Kyle and happy new year to the Twelve Kyle listenership and everyone. And make sure that y'all have a safe time tonight. If if this comes out, or if y'all still drinking in January, still drink, <laughs> still drink responsibly. So yeah, yeah. do that, do that for real. And, and same to you, man. Um, Absolutely. I, I told y'all before, you know, that wouldn't be the last time he's on here. Uh, we definitely, and we're gonna get we're gonna get back on here and do something besides Tupac. Um, but uh, yeah, I had to get this young brother on here, man. You guys, check him out. He's got surprisingly, he surprised me. He's got music, uh, mm-hmm. but he's a huge, huge hip hop head. Um, and as you can tell, he knows his shit. Uh, it's it's and it's funny, Q. I just thought about it. We did a show, damn, back when the twelve radio show, yeah about hip-hop mm-hmm. and that had to be 2016 16. yeah I was, that was my freshman year of college my freshman year of college man <laughs> oh man i gotta try to find that episode i gotta try to find that episode um and, and yeah. you know what's funny is on that episode we said you know what we, we gotta do an episode on magavelli <laughs> <laughs> And, and then that then that happened just what six years seven years after yeah, that yeah man well you know better late than well you know the thing is when we say we're gonna do it we're gonna do it yeah for um sure. and make sure you guys check q out too he's also in uh, dead end sports um uh absolutely he will you pop in what once every two or three weeks right every i try, I try to get on every thursday but the okay way this the way that this schedule has been going uh, it's been pretty spotty, but I think we had our last show uh, about two weeks, and we're gonna start mm-hmm. back up in January. Man, I, I'm going to try. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to get in on the Thursday show. You guys know I've been down with Dead End Sports, man. It seems like for, it seems like we've been running forever. It's damn near ten years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna try. And bruh, the next time you come to Atlanta, man, don't don't wait till you get to Atlanta to let people know you in Atlanta. Because I think sure. I think when you came this summer, I was in Houston. Mm. And so I couldn't when you came to the studio, I couldn't even cause you was like, Yeah, I'm about to, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna pull up at the studio. I was like, man, shit, I'm in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, Kyle was at Onyx, you know what I mean? Getting it in, like, you know what I yeah, mean? I didn't know I that. Like, Damn, man. I was like, cause because we have not physically met, but I mean I, again, yeah. I've been running with this cat, man. It's yeah. it's been it's been a it's been a nice run, man. But Q, my brother, appreciate you for coming brother. through as always. Much love to you, much. Mm-hmm prosperity in 2023 is gonna happen and like likewise. i told you before the show i'll tell you again man it's right there in front of you go get it like don't wait probably. on nobody don't wait on no permission don't mm-hmm. ask nobody whatever it is that you want to get go get it because mm. yes, it's, it's 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 there and you're at that age where you got the time you got the skill and you got the knowledge yes sir that be that that trumps everything you got the knowledge to go get it and I say the same to you, all of you listeners. Make sure that 2023 is you stay healthy. Um, you know, don't feed into BS. Um, 
and, and just live life. Enjoy each day because none of us promised us and, and, and love on yourself and love your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to do it for us. So for my man Q, I am your boy 12 Kyle. This is another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000. Bumping out of my trunk, little life of a hustler, high till I die. Meeting bitches, getting bitches, miss me with lies. Picture me living out my life as a buster. I'd rather pop up a shot for my Glock and blast motherfuckers. I'm in a thug life, baby, I'm hopeless. Choking on window, trying to keep my focus. Don't let that bullshit worry me. Fuck the fame, I'm due to the game till they bury me. God gave me game, so I'm hustling. Pour out some liquor for my niggas, Tupac is still struggling. My nigga Bree knew the time.